Hi, my name is Camille Conti. Welcome back to The Confusion Experiment. This is episode 23. This week, I want to talk to you about confusion as a strategy and why critical thinking matters. One of the things we get to do here every week is to talk about confusion. Last week, and I highly recommend you go back and listen to last week's podcast, we talked about confusion as a high state of consciousness. Very, very powerful. Yeah, I know your mind's going, what? Like those, those words don't fit together to the mind. Confusion as a high state of consciousness? Because to the mind, confusion is a negative. That's why we have so much inner judgment and condemnation and criticism when we are experiencing a state of confusion or uncertainty. In previous episodes, we've also talked about how confusion can sometimes be an experience we have because we don't have enough information. The situation we're in or the decision we have to make is still churning within us. The universe is still gathering information on our behalf, and perhaps our mind is pushing us to make a decision because the mind thinks we should have already, but we don't really have enough information, so we feel a little confused. In the findings, which you'll find in the first three weeks of this podcast that we just launched June 1st, I talk extensively about all of this, and I really encourage you to go back and listen to those first 18 episodes, which are all under 10 minutes each. So sometimes we have information because we don't have enough information, and as I've said in previous episodes, sometimes we have information because we have too much information. When we go outside of ourselves because we don't believe that the information we have is enough, or perhaps we've made a decision, but our mind tells us, oh, you need to make sure it's the right decision, and we'll go outside of ourselves seeking a variety of opinions from people who always mean well, but we often come back from that feeling overwhelmed because now we have too much information and I don't know which way to turn. Now, this morning I was in a situation where I was uncertain about something. I did have a mild case of confusion and I did reach out to the one person I often reach out to, to assist me in the process of my own clarity. So that that is a real thing. And talking to this person and, and hearing it from their perspective helped me further understand what steps I had to t- had to take. So confusion has its place in our everyday living. And as we discussed last week, when you understand what change really is, when you understand the potency of the chrysalis phase, which we're in right now, where something is dying, but something has not yet fully emerged as the new, confusion is ripe and it's filled with the seeds of the new. I love last week's episode. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. But this week, because of the things I saw on the news this morning, I want to talk about confusion as a strategy. I did a little research around this, and interestingly enough, it is an actual strategy in marketing. It's not unusual for companies, especially established brands, to use confusion as a way to confuse the customer. So if this company over here is launching a new product 
and this company over here finds out about it, it will take names from the new product itself and get a jump on it first and go out with their own product right before the other companies launch. So the customer's like, well, wait, whose is this? Is it this or that? And so the benefit to having somebody be confused from a marketing standpoint is beneficial when you couple confusion marketing with aggressive marketing, because obviously you want the customer to ultimately purchase your product and not by default purchase your competitor's product. Turns out we see this everywhere. It's quite fascinating now to see confusion as a strategy. And certainly it's used in politics and it's being used today. So how do we critically think our way through confusion when it's being used as a strategy. So what is critical thinking? And this goes back to the early Greek philosophers. So this has been around for a while. Critical thinking is the ability to think clearly and rationally. So that means without the filter of emotion. Critical thinking is the ability to understand the logical connection between ideas. Critical thinking might be described as the ability to engage in reflective and independent thinking. In essence, critical thinking requires you to use your ability to reason. It is about being an active learner rather than a passive recipient of information. So, wow. I mean, social media has turned all of us, myself included, into a passive recipient of information. How many times do I see a headline, don't even read the article, copy and paste it because I either believe it and want to profess that I do or it somehow supports what, what I believe? We do it all the time. But critical thinking says, no, we can't be a passive recipient and just like, okay, whatever they say, whatever they say. It's saying you've got to be active. You've got to be an active learner. You've got to have an active role in deciding what is true for you. Critical thinkers rigorously question ideas and assumptions rather than accepting them at face value. That's something we do all the time. Again, myself included. That's why today's episode is about How do we critically think our way through confusion when it's being used as a strategy? Critical thinkers will always seek to determine whether the ideas, arguments, and findings represent the entire picture and are open to finding that they do not. I just love that. So when you critically think, you step outside of your attachment to biases and opinion, even beliefs, because you're yielding to a higher truth. And here's another definition I love about critical thinking. Critical thinking is not the accumulation of facts and knowledge or something that you can learn once and then use it in that form forever. You know what that describes? The mind. That is exactly what the mind values and how it works. The mind is an accumulation of facts and knowledge because there is high value on facts and knowledge for the mind. In addition to that, the mind says, oh, we don't need to learn something new. We don't need to change because what we already know can be used forever because the value has already been established. My goodness, this is just so important. So critical thinking in and of itself requires you to constantly flush what you already know and to be open. And the mind doesn't like that. The mind likes to rest on what it knows because that's how it identifies itself. 
The skills that we need in order to be able to think critically are varied and include observation, analysis, interpretation, reflection, evaluation, explanation, problem solving, and decision making. This is incredible. This is from a website, skillsyouneed.com. Specifically, we need to be able to think about a topic or issue in an objective and critical way. When you're emotionally attached to something, when I'm emotionally attached to something, I rarely want to think about something in a critical way, let alone have the capacity to because I'm so caught up in it emotionally. Identify the different arguments that are in relation to a particular issue. Evaluate a point of view to determine how strong or valid it is. That means you have to actually listen to another point of view. Recognize any weaknesses or negative points that there are in an argument, including your own. The critical thinking process, what they say here is that you should be aware that none of us think critically all the time. I mean, that just would be impossible and I think would just be kind of boring. However, sometimes we think in almost every way but critically. The good news, though, is that we can actually develop our ability to improve our critical thinking skills. And we can do so by developing certain routine activities and applying them to all problems that present themselves. However, it does take persistence and practice as it does with any improvement of skills or the adaptation of new skills. So here's a process that they offer us. Think of something that someone has recently told you. Then ask yourself the following questions. Who said it? Someone you know? Someone in a position of authority or power? Does it matter who told you this? What did they say? Did they give facts or opinions? Did they provide all the facts? Did they leave anything out? Where did they say it? Was it in public or private? Did other people have a chance to respond and provide an alternative account? When did they say it? Was it before, during, or after an important event? Is the timing important to when they said it? Why did they say it? Did they explain the reasoning behind their opinion? Were they trying to make someone look good or bad? And lastly, how did they say it? Were they happy or sad, angry or indifferent? Did they write it or say it? And could you understand what was said? See, the mind is already saying, I'm not doing that exercise. <laughs> My mind's like, I'm not asking myself all these questions because the mind doesn't want to go through the process. But you are not your mind. And so you get to decide, you know what, we are going to do this process because I want to have the experience of what happens for me when I critically think through something. So I hope you'll go back and pause this episode and work your way through those questions. In fact, I'll go ahead and post them in the episode so you have something to refer to. If we don't do the work of questioning our mind and our thoughts and our biases and our beliefs, it could be a qu pretty quick process. If we have loyalty to someone outside of ourselves and that loyalty is rooted in a belief that doesn't ever allow that loyalty to be challenged for fear that the loyalty would be seen as a betrayal or worse, the one upon which we have hinged our life, now it, it, it becomes true that they are in fact fallible. We will not 
question our loyalty. And in that case, you will side with the person to whom you have pledged your loyalty. Today, I'm suggesting that your pledge really is to your own mind, your own critical thinking, your own loyalty to decide once and for all, I need to think through these things on my own. You may still end up in that place, but at least you can go through a process that allows you to break things down and look at things clearly and neutrally so that you can know for sure what it is that you believe. The ability to say, yeah, you know, I really have always admired this person. I've always believed them, but you know, they're saying this today and that just doesn't resonate with me. I have to disagree with them on that. We have to agree to disagree. That is a healthier approach than just blind loyalty or the lack of any sort of mental process to help yourself break down your own experience of confusion. Sometimes we see confusion as a strategy in relationships. Oftentimes when somebody is in an abusive relationship, there is a constant state of confusion in the victim's mind. They are constantly confused, right? Well, it's it's my husband and, and he's not supposed to do that, but he is. Or, you know, it's my wife and she's not supposed to be saying that, but she is, right? So we have these experiences where what is happening is running smack into what it is that we believe these people are supposed to do, not do, say, not say. That also adds to confusion. And that leads to those kinds of questions. How could he be saying that? How could she be doing that? Because we're inside a filter that says that person and that title will always yield this specific behavior. And when it doesn't, there's confusion. Today, I'm encouraging you to consider critical thinking as a way to heal that confusion. What does this challenge in my own mind and in my own heart and in my own principles and in my own life? Because you see, sometimes what happens with confusion as a strategy is we have to stay confused. Because if we don't stay confused, oh, then we're going to upset the apple cart. Then maybe we're going to decide we're not a victim anymore. Then we're going to decide, you know what, I'm not in agreement with how this is happening and I can't stay on because this puts me completely out of integrity with what are the core values of my own life, right? I mean, when you take a stand on truth, oftentimes it's it's a real shakeup. It's a whole lot easier to just go, yeah, that person is right and I'm siding with them. Again, today's episode is simply here to help you realize that the process of critically thinking through things is absolutely well, critical. (laughs) And it's very, very necessary these days so that you don't maintain a state of confusion that is ultimately not helping you. It doesn't help us to stay in states of confusion that make us feel constricted, make us feel bad. That's not what we're here to experience. 
And when you go back and listen to those other episodes and understand the different ways that confusion can serve you, you have a better opportunity to recognize confusion for what it really is. Oh, I'm confused today because I need to make this decision, but I don't have enough information yet. So I'm just going to hang out in uncertainty because, oh, this this information over here reminds me that uncertainty is not a negative. It's not a bad thing. It's that place in between something ending and something beginning. It's a very fertile and potent place in, in that place of uncertainty and not taking any action until I'm really guided. I'm allowed to listen to my own heart. I'm allowed to just wait and allow the the chrysalis to do its work. And in this case, we get to ask the same question. Am I confused by this? Why am I confused? Do I want to be confused? Is this confusion assisting me or not? What is necessary for me to walk through this confusion so that I can come out the other side and stand as clearly as I possibly can in something that's true for me, even if it breaks me away from the herd, right? That's another thing. Oh my gosh. We are so attached to the tribe as our identity. And oftentimes we surrender our own morals, our own values and beliefs to remain identified with the herd. So all of these things are so fascinating to me. And as a result of the critical thinking I had to go through today, I wanted to come here and share this with you in hopes that it makes some sort of sense or it gives you something that you can use to go forward. And I I so wish we could talk back and forth to each other because I'd like to hear what your thoughts are about this. I'm here to learn from you as much as I hope you're learning from me. That's why I call this the laboratory. We come in, we break it down, we examine it, we leave our biases over here, our opinions over here, we try to come at it from a perspective of this is neutral data. If this is just neutral data, if there's no emotional attachment to this, if my identity and survival is not hinged on this, how does that help me see more clearly? Another way that confusion is a strategy is by being confused, we can avoid making a decision. And if we're afraid we're going to make the wrong decision, or if we are afraid that we're going to get blamed, we can hang out in confusion for a lifetime. Am I using confusion as a means by which to avoid making a decision that I already feel in my heart because I'm afraid that that decision isn't the right one or I'll be blamed or it won't work out and I'll be seen as a failure. I mean, you could just see how deep this goes. And lastly, take a look at how you might be using confusion as a strategy for staying stuck. Now, I'm not saying this is conscious, maybe it is now, and be very, very gentle with yourself because there's always a reason why the mind does what it does. If the mind's job is to keep us safe and secure and, you know, avoid any failures, then it will create these distorted filters and convince us that these distorted filters are actually reality. Where are you confused and where have you maybe been confused for a long period of time? Where have you found yourself saying, I just don't know, I just don't know. One of the things I recently noticed is I have been saying, I don't know where I want to go. I don't know where I want to live. Do I want to go back to Alaska? Do I want to live in New Jersey? I feel like I have this wide open space right now in my life because my mom's passed away. 
I'm still here wrapping things up with my belongings and the estate. I'm still grieving. I'm still trying to walk back out of my role as caregiver back into whatever it is that's next. I mean, believe me, I, I, I'm deep in uncertainty right now. But I realized the other day, you know, Camille, you keep saying you don't know. That causes me stress. I can feel it. Because my mind says I'm supposed to know. It's been four or five months. How come you don't know? I should know. So I'm not going to say I don't know anymore. I'm simply going to say I'm uncertain or I'm sitting with it or I'm remaining open to what my next steps are. Can you feel how different that is? Can you feel how much more compassionate that is? How softer that is? And how it just makes the experience you're actually in okay and normal? So your assignment this week is to look for places where confusion is being used as a strategy, either by your own mind to yourself or by others outside of you or in society, in the world as a whole. And then to take a look at whether or not you're buying into that confusion, whether or not that confusion is really working for you. And when you apply critical thinking and the various steps we've talked about, whether or not that helps you unpack the confusion so you can see more clearly what it is, what its intention is, and whether or not you want to stay in that state, thus allowing you to walk through it, or at the very least, find your own place to stand while in it. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. I do appreciate the support. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, my goodness, thank you for making a review and rating the podcast. That's super helpful there. If you subscribe to it, it will come to you every Monday automatically. You can also find the show at the home site, podbean.com, as well as now on Stitcher and iTunes. Thanks again for tuning in. Take good care of yourself. And I'll see you next week.